Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. together here as dusk falls over the white, white woods, for winter is upon us. We are shivering, because it's a little cold, but it's okay. <laughs> Friendship warms the heart and the oh, cockles. I'm very excited to see where this is going. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as we gather around our little hot cauldron, which casts up some heat, mm-hmm. but again, the heart is what is truly the warm area here. I okay. doff okay. my pointed hat and raise mm-hmm. my spell-casting single stalk of asparagus. For it is the oh, new year! No. It's the new Come year! On. What? Asparagus what? is like the least magical vegetable. Uh, oh, no. come on. Asparagus is great. Really, no, it's I, good I, if I, you're was, cooking, I had right? a celery stalk in my hand. I was like, no, mm. that's lame. It's not brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do something new for the new year. You know, for health Ooh. kick. Did you know S- if smart. you say Bloody Mary in the mirror three times, you get more drinks? <laughs> is it Sunday? Because that's what I dream of. Uh, speaking of Sunday, we are starting to wrap up our week. If you look at the weekly calendar, what? interesting <laughs> way to look at the week. That's sure, not I was traditional. trying to do a segue there, and it wasn't really working. We are the second to last episode ever of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Pen Ultimate. Correct, Pete. Uh, chapter 35, The Endless. We're going to be talking all about it today. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And yeah, this is a big episode. So big, in fact, that uh, this completely threw me for a loop. Uh, it started with a previously on. We got a previously on recap. Yeah. Of the deal did of not the Netflix see that season. coming. It felt no. uh, odd. It felt like different television. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, let's actually start there before we get into the recap. The quick, re- well, tell you what, I'll do the quick recap, then we'll talk about the previously on. That uh, is the, main- the way we do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's confusing because they're doing a previously on, which is a recap, and we got to talk about that. But we got to recap it before we can talk about the recap. I'm confused. Yeah, me Man, too. It's like we're Clearly. in a mirror world. Sabrina Morningstar, who is the Sabrina who was previously living in hell, married to Caliban, pretty chill with her dad, Lucifer, uh, headed through a magic mirror to stop the Eldritch known as the Cosmic, which is a rogue solar system, and save all of Earth. It's not quite what happened. Instead, she ended up in a weird sitcom world where we encountered the original aunties from Sabrina the Teenage Witch, uh, the original 
and Hilda and Anselda. Uh, we didn't find out much more about it previously. We certainly do this episode. But we also know that there's a couple of Eldritch Tellers still to come. Find out a lot more about two of them, the final two of this episode, The Endless and The Void. I believe we've heard tell of The Void before. Oh, yeah, we have. The scariest but one. that's kind of all you really need to know to get into this episode because everything else is laid out for you because this is a bizarre alternate world. I guess the only other thing that probably is important to know is that this Sabrina beyond being uh, married to Caliban, Sabrina Spellman, who is the Sabrina from quote-unquote our Earth, uh, broke up with Harvey Kinkle a long time ago, is now together with original bad boy Nick Scratch. Yeah. So it does play into this episode a little bit. And the other things we find out as we get into the previously on, um, we're certainly reminded of the plot line where Roz was going blind. Uh, that is Sabrina's friend. Uh, that was solved uh, by the fact that it turned out that she was actually getting the cunning, a second sight that later on turned out uh, she was a witch. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think we can kind of jump into it. Talk about this previously well, on. Do you? Th- yes, Pete. I, I, there's a couple of things because when she jumped through the mirror, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was not the last episode, but the episode before that, and we saw the Sabrina, the teenage witch that we uh, knew, or at least I, I did. I'm old enough to know uh, because that's the Sabrina really? TV show we had before. I uh. was kind of hoping Sabrina was jumping into the real, like our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of like, oh man, this will be crazy. She's on a TV set. Like, what's outside of that? And it was like, no, you just get the set. So I was kind of excited to see, like, you were how you were reality. hoping Kieran Shipka was going to come by your house at some point during the yeah. episode and be like, what's up, Pete? Sick. You enjoying yes. the episode so far? Yeah, I would, you know, something like that. It would have been cool. You have positioned yourself as the ultimate candle boy, as halfway between Harvey <laughs> Kinkle and original bad boy Nick Scratch. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it, I could, to, Pete, to take, to take your point really briefly, um, and uh, this is a light spoiler for the end of the OA, um, that TV show, also on Netflix, I was like, oh, they're going to do, they're going in that direction? Very, I was surprised. Yeah. yeah. So this is overall thoughts on the episode. There's a lot of things that I really liked here that I thought were very fun. There were some fun moments. Oh, yeah. I was a little bummed after we got the original Antis that it wasn't full-fledged Sabrina the Teenage Witch World, that it was still filmed, shot, scored, everything like Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which I get. I understand why they did that. I think also logistically, this apparently was the last episode that they filmed before they wrapped the season. Uh, The episode eight is not the last one they shot. And I'm guessing just logistically, they were like, okay, this is the one where we could kind of have the set and the backstage and things messed up, and we could actually literally start to be wrapping things up here on mm. Sabrina while we're shooting it, and that'll look right. Um, yeah. Again, that, that second part is a guess, but I think that's probably why they shot it last, because it was the easiest thing to do. Um, yeah, I it wish, definitely makes sense. I wish that there they, had been a different look. That's all. It's like if they were fully in the sitcom world, is what you're saying. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, though I will say, because I, I was thinking of that, it felt sort of oddly halfway between these two ideas, but then it would have been maybe too far into that world mm-hmm. and it would have been harder for it to have any ground underneath it perhaps. Um, but I agree with you a little bit more of a, of a melding of the worlds. 
I yeah. think would have been nice. Or if the world started super sitcommy and slowly bled back into our chilling adventures of Sabrina world. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way to have sitcom shots, different lighting through the camera yeah. when they're doing the sitcom stuff, and then you cut outside and it's chilling adventures world. It also, again, I think it was just a logistical thing because reshooting this probably would have been too difficult, but the scene later on when Harvey is showing off footage of a previous episode and oh, it's man. chilling adventures of Sabrina, fun bit, but again, I, it didn't make sense to me that that wasn't filmed sitcom style versus chilling adventures of Sabrina style. So I, I didn't dislike it or anything. It just felt... It didn't go all as far right. as it potentially could have. I got to say, though, because we're just talking about that part, the part where they like start with the music and stuff and they skip past it. I was like, oh, man, that is so cool. That was a real fun moment. Yeah. Uh, and I, I get perhaps why, because I agree with you, Alex. Um, it would have been fun to go that way. But most people, I would imagine, have not seen the original mm-hmm. TGIF uh, sitcom because we're all young. Not like uh, Pete uh, here, who uh, <laughs> I believe is a Johnny Carson fan or something. Uh, oh yeah, man. Uh, hey, so I do. Oh, Ed McMahon fan. My bad. Uh, yeah, Pete actually started with a show of shows. That was his yeah. original fandom. <laughs> uh oh, now who's showing their uh, wrink- yeah. wrinkly butt wow. over there? I'm a Sid Caesar man through and through. Wow, uh, all Lawrence day, Welk, day. Lawrence Welk for life. W game. <laughs> yeah, uh, now there's a guy with a thin stick that costs some magic. If you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> oh wow, that's true. Just... The ultimate witch. You Welk. always gotta creep it up, don't you? No, he had um, a conductor stick. That was this whole thing. So if if the audience for Chilling Adventures of Sabrina doesn't understand, doesn't know the sitcom, or mm-hmm. it, or doesn't really want that, um, then I I do get it where it's just a reference for the the real Sabrina heads, and otherwise it, it plays as a regular episode. And this is also definitely jumping ahead, but the implication is that Melissa Joan Hart was chopped up and fed to the rest of the cast, right? And I believe that happened when they wrapped the the sitcom. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was no you, longer a teenager, so what are they going to do with her? If yeah, exactly. you look for the Ambrose scene, like uh, they used one of her actual arms in that in that shot. Yeah, they wow, preserved that's crazy. it. Crazy. Crazy. It drives me crazy. Oh, wow. I don't know right? what you're talking Pete, about. Pete knows what I'm talking about. Rom-com Pete, I got you. Um, one thing I wanted to say, when they were when the Elder Terrors were like, um, we're all hanging out when they were like, let's all be terrors. Let's t- destroy the world. And the cosmic was like, I'm a series of planets. I'm going to crush other planets. And the endless was like, I'm really into television. I'd like to uh, <laughs> sort of show run a television dimension. Yeah, can I just have like a sound stage section on you? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. Oh, yeah, okay, as long as I yeah. get to be a big and old planet. Guy, uninvited Guys, was t- like, I'm an angry, hopeless man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the guys, darkest... television is very important. It's like the Truth. whole world. Okay, Believe me, so. I, I, mm. I know that. And do, do you think the darkness is like, eh, we're just silent miners. Don't <laughs> we're gonna be first, so we're gonna be pretty simple. All right, well, let's get into the episode proper because there is still a lot of things that go on here. We kick it off where we last left Sabrina Morningstar. She comes in, the original aunties are there, we get a laugh track, and then we immediately cut out, and it turns out that she is on a stage. She is filming. Father Blackwood is the director. He says, call me Faustus. Uh, and uh, she gets the lowdown from the original aunties. They all sit at a table, have some all the milk and sardines that they want. Mm. Tuna. Uh, tuna. Uh, there are sardines there as well. That's when I knew something was up. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a bad craft services table. I'll tell you that yeah. much. 
Uh, as a uh, cat owner, I was like, oh, I know who's running this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you eat for dinner every night, right? Is a warm bowl of milk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time you reach for a hamburger, your cat goes, meow, and just yeah. slams your hand down. Yeah, and then it's like, no, tuna for you. Ah, mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and but let's remember that uh, McRib is the meal of choice on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right. Uh, so we find out, as mentioned uh, before last, Sabrina was sent to the green room. We got some teases that something Ooh. awful is going on there. As we all know, we're all performers. You go to a green room, that's real bad. Fight to yeah. the death. Have you ever seen the movie? The movie Green Room. Great movie. No, I haven't. It's good, oh, right? Great horror movie. Um, yeah. I definitely had shades of that, uh, which I don't know if that was a purposeful reference or just the, the uh, actual TV um, place uh, production reference, but both good. Uh, we also find out that Morningstar can't cast spells anymore. There's no real magic here, seemingly. Um, and Sabrina proceeds to take a walk through the Sabrina sets. Uh, she can't leave. There are walls behind the doors. Beyond everything else, I thought it was fun to see backstage, uh, like yeah. literally backstage on the Sabrina sets. I thought that was enjoyable. What'd you guys think about that? I agree. The whole place, um, seeing how it always gets me seeing how sets are so close to each other. Um, I just watched the behind the scenes in the last season of Shit's Creek. And the fact that all of those locations were like in a soundstage right next to each other. It's just something magical about it, how they fool us uh, into making that feel truly like a real place. This is great. Well, I mean, this had to be like you were going to work, Justin. As a line producer, you deal with <laughs> not, this kind of stuff all all the time. It's not I what do. I do, and it's also not what a line producer does. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, uh, I mean, on that note, as a line producer, did you identify no, no, more no. with Miss Wardwell in this episode or with yeah, Melvin? Yeah. Uh, again, yeah, where are both, you? Both incorrect on all fronts, uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, I, I but I always identify with Melvin a little bit, just like, hey, it's time. <laughs> What are we doing here? Yeah. Because I, as you know, I'm a meticulous adherent to the clock. And oh, not yeah. one. You're prompt. Yeah, exactly. I'm a stage Locked manager in. to my core. Yes. Wow. Uh, Justin, I don't know if you noticed this, but your nose was growing a little bit there. I don't know what's that. What's that uh, so, uh, Sorry, I'm late for nine were... other things right now. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> the original aunties are asleep in their bed. Sabrina finds out all the books are fake. They're all props. Uh, there's marking tape on the floor. Uh, love all of these details. I thought they were super fun. Uh, and the thing that I did like about this backstage nature is there's a certain sense, like you were touching on, Justin, watching all of this is alarming as a fan. It feels weird to be like, oh, God, you're literally revealing too much of the magic of how this goes on here. Yeah, and I do was... think Sabrina Morningstar feels the same way. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like she, her unsettled nature throughout this whole episode um, really translated so well. Um, and the fact that it, as the the same way the sets are all disconnected, the story felt really disconnected. At the beginning, you even um, hear her be like, "Well, our plan was this," and then she's like, "This is a very bad plan." Uh, <laughs> and it felt like it felt like the whole vibe was like we don't have it quite together, purposefully so. And that gave her the opportunity to find the cracks that she did in this episode, which I thought was, it was just a, the tone of it, the vibe of this episode was really unique, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm surprised, though, they did this in the second to last, because, like, I uh, purposely don't watch, like, the Mandalorian behind the scenes stuff, because it kind of ruins the magic a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like, the fact of, like, when she's walking up to the books, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's 
that's not going to, there's not going to be no writing in there. Like, uh, I was like, oh man, this is crazy because I have one more app and I'm going to be watching it being like, this is all fake. This is right next to the high school. Like, this is a little kind of like crazy, but I also really liked how they had the don't under when the red light is on. That's like a classic kind of like stage production thing that I thought was really cool. I 100% agree with you, Pete. Uh, I did watch The Mandalorian behind the scenes things, and I wish I hadn't because meeting the guy who plays Baby Yoda, uh, like, did you know they actually, he's a full size guy that they use the Lord of the Rings trick to make him look small? Ugh. It's very upsetting. And he's rude. Like, he is very rude in real life. And I, I can't watch the show anymore. Yeah, it's crazy because it's like they're talking to him and he won't stop chain smoking. You know, and it's like, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> You're Grogu. You're better than this. And I heard there's no actual um, makeup or anything. That's just how he looks. But the robe, <laughs> the robe is fake. I heard the robe is fully just CG. The CGI. Fake. He's yeah, naked the entire time. Oh yeah. Disney made him put put the robe on nude Yoda. Yeah. He was originally written as nude Yoda. Yeah, John Favreau was working on Chef, right? And he wandered up trying to get something from the food truck. Think it was a real food truck and not a food truck they were using in a movie. And John Trevorrow was like, uh, "Put a CGI robe on this guy, and I think we have something here." Yeah. <laughs> That's the magic of Hollywood, right there. Yeah, glorious, absolutely wonderful. Uh, so uh, Melvin wakes up Sabrina. Her mirror is gone. Uh, she comes downstairs. Already has her lines all memorized, which I thought was very impressive. Uh, yeah, so that- hard to do. Yeah, on the way down, uh, that's tough. I, I got to tell uh, you know, in all honesty. Not that I will ever in a million years become a professional actor on a TV show, but that's one of the things that stretches me out about that thought is the idea of like, eh, here's some pages. Just memorize them real quick. You know, yeah. uh, as a tough. classically trained actor, I think oh, that no, I yeah. <laughs> you really set me up for that. Um, I agree. Less on uh, TV uh, film sets, but more so on um, stage. I'm like, oh, God, yeah, I cannot blow this line. And it's long. Uh I have a question for a classically trained actor. Um, when uh, uh, Father Blackwood was like Kafka, you know, like uh, what was that reference that went over my head? Uh, well, that's not um, <laughs> Kafka is um, the author Franz Kafka and, uh, and not a play, but a reference to the short story, The Metamorphosis, where um, Gregor Samsa uh, wakes up one day and he is a cockroach. And that's what they were referencing. Oh, that's what happens wow. to Sabrina. Yeah. Well, that's why she was wearing that ridiculous cockroach thing. Great short story. Read it. It's pretty depressing about the nature well, of our I, world. I think uh, at least part of it is about what's going on with Sabrina herself. Is she feels like she's transforming into something. She doesn't know what's going on. Things are changing rapidly around her. Uh, she's confused. Uh, everybody, like with, if I remember correctly with the metamorphosis, everybody kind of treats it as normal. He's the only one who's like, hey, I'm changing into cockroach. And everybody's like, uh, you got to pay your cable bill, buddy. Well, everyone knows he's a cockroach. Um, they're like, ugh, this is a problem. They just treat it like an everyday problem as opposed to like calling the police. Right. They're like, oh, now he can't earn money because he's a giant cockroach. As wait, opposed wait, to you like, call the police if you see a cockroach? <laughs> yeah, every time. Oh, my God. And I'm like, guys, shoot to kill. Do you know what? Oh, I always come call on, them dude. up and I say, hey, guys, ACAB, all cockroaches are bad. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
Uh, so Miss Warbrill is a script supervisor, which was a fun role for her. Loved watching Michelle Gomez play that. Uh, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. Sabrina's dressed as a Miss Bug. There's laugh lines. And then we get the biggest event in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina history, Talking Salem. Yes! So great. Uh, the original now, puppet, that, it looked like. Yeah, yeah, but was it also the original voice? Uh, you know, I didn't check that, actually, but I have to assume they got him back, right? Because uh, it sounded like it, but Wait, I unless, could have just was been... that like Harvey Corman or something who played the original salmon? Uh, salmon. Who salmon. played the original salmon? <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the first salmon? Like the first salmon that ever existed. What was his name? Well, Harvey Charlie Corman? Tuna is the first sal- uh, tuna for sure. Um, <laughs> Great. Well, I don't know. We'll look it up at some point uh, during the podcast. Uh, but we do get Talkie Salem. That was great. I was very happy about that. If we are going to wrap up this show in the next episode, at least we got Talkie Salem before we go. That's something we've all three been asking about since the first episode. I'm Definitely. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All of us really respect both that uh, iteration of Sabrina and this one equally. Yes. Well, I think the fact that she like really freaks out because Salem talks was a fun moment. Yeah, it was her know. first strike. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. You know, uh, acting is rough, man. When you get three strikes and then you're fired, I mean, that's tough. Yeah, and no. it's crazy baseball crossover to acting. You know, yeah, there's a lot of baseball crossover. Um, okay, like, uh, well, I mean, you, you, the worst part about that is, um, you know, how close George Clooney is to striking out. He's got two strikes. Ooh. Oh man! And I'll tell you what. I don't know if Midnight Sky is going to make is going to be. It's going to do him right. Um, it is interesting uh, that Salem oh, is. It's the a star. Nick Bacay. Nick Bacay did the voice of Salem. Was that the original? Show. Yeah, on the original. That was very hard to find. The Wikipedia page very heavy on details about Salem's inner life. Very light on actual <laughs> details about who played him on the show. <laughs> yeah, secret trade secret. Yeah, yes. but do we know if Nick McKay was the voice in oh, this no, episode? Oh, no, I did not check that part. Well, maybe you should get on that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Can we keep going with the episode? I'm yeah. sure somebody will tell us. Okay. Uh, so uh, we find out, yes, about the three strikes thing. Uh, we find out Salem is actually the star of the show, which, of course. Of course. That, yes. And it was funny the way the cameras were all pointed at her mm-hmm. at Salem and not the other performers. That was really funny. Um, if I if you have a talking Salem on a show, that's the start of the show, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next day, Sabrina realizes the days aren't passing. Not, time Ooh. is not moving forward. Groundhog Day type in- of scenario. Interesting. Did you notice the Easter egg of the day that they kept repeating? October 15th. Yes. Which is. Wow. It's my birthday. And that's a huge, it's a huge Easter egg. <laughs> that's a strike for you, Salva. That's one strike. Why not you? It's a strike for you too, Pete. Oh well, I knew, but I didn't want to say it. Bullshit. Thanks, Pete. Huge Easter egg. Really? For the yeah. Exactly. 100%. I guess we have to keep repeating until we remember it's your birthday. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. We're trapped in that day. <laughs> Is that? No, uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina started on Halloween, right? Like, that was... It didn't start on October 15th? I think it started on Halloween, if I remember correctly. The first season you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Wait, no, her birthday is Halloween. 
Her birthday is Halloween, so it actually it might have uh, the first day of the first episode may have been October fifteenth. Maybe we need we need somebody looking up this shit, man. This yeah, is, no, this I'm just making shit up. up. Oh, you know what? Actually, it was nope. October 29th, which is another significant day. It was October 26th, um, actually. But what what are you about to say? Is it your birthday or something? That's my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I we knew all it. knew that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get a school scene, which is super fun. Uh, they're you all both doing lines. Have Harvey and... in October. That's crazy. It's oh, weird. Uh, Harvey and Sabrina kiss. Uh, she's initially very thrown about it because he's using uh, tongue, but he says we're hashtag Sabrina. We're canon. All yeah, of the stuff with this it was very fun, like tweaking of the fans behind the scenes, discussions that they have about everything. The conversation later about Roz going blind felt very inside baseball in terms of what fans have said about that stuff as well. Uh, and I like that. I always like them poking fun at themselves. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I love this. There's a lot of fun stuff in this whole section. Um, in the scene, um, the next scene, I think, where uh, Sabrina's talking to Hilda and she's using words like cutie patootie. Uh, straight out of the mid '90s, when the original show was airing, um, but there was uh, there's also like the dark side to like a lot of the stuff about like Roz is being like I don't get an arc or I don't get to do mm-hmm. these things, and then like the way the you know Father Blackwood's like do it again but more sexy. I mean that's you know that's unfortunately some of the like more creepier sides to it. But, but I, but I really, do think I think the point of that, Pete, though, was to show that this show is different and that TV has changed a lot since that time. It was calling yeah. out like the bad TV tropes, because I, I think what's great about this show is all of these characters do get a story like Roz has a full story. She has the relationship with Harvey and that feels like endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it does. It was weird because like for a while I really liked Sabrina and Harvey together. Uh, but then seeing them kiss was just like, oh, this is this feels so wrong. Gross. I, yeah. I also do think the Roz thing was a commentary on how they treated Roz in the first season of the show and how much the character has grown from there. I do wonder if there is uh, a bit of behind the scenes talk from them where they felt like, OK, we didn't write to exactly do the right thing with the Roz going blind storyline. Let's make her stronger. Let's make her more independent. Uh, let's give her more to do and more interesting things to do, which has definitely happened as the show has continued. Uh, also, while we're still talking about this, the math store line was quite hilarious. Yes. It was a good line. Very Good fun sitcom stuff. dialogue. Yeah. Uh, so Harvey invites her over to dinner. As we mentioned, uh, the Caroline Ray and Hilda talks to her. I like the fact that this Aunt Hilda also has the same sort of relationship with Sabrina. It was nice to get those sort of scenes that we're familiar with from the show, but through these new old actresses. Um, she explains that it's the longest running show in history. She kind of just has to accept it. And then over at dinner, we get an interesting thing where Harvey has the drawings of the Eldritch Terrors on his wall. Yes. Uh, why, other than tipping the hand to Sabrina, why do you think they're there? And the reason I ask this is because Harvey got them from a bone sash with Roz in the real world. How did he get those pictures in this world? Well, if it, Caliban is ahead of, you know, kind of like props, maybe mm-hmm. he had a bone session and that's why he had them. With Harvey? Mm. <laughs> is that what you're saying? That's fine. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make a ton of, uh, I, it would be, I'd be hard pressed to find the logic of how they came to be there. 
But I do think the idea is that these characters at the later on in the episode, Sabrina's like, I have to save as many people as I can because these characters are still themselves. They're just sort of perverted, uh, simplified sitcom versions of themselves. So I think that this Harvey uh, has them there, conjures them maybe from even just kissing Sabrina has has them. They they appear on the wall, um, but well, it's a, it's also to give like Sabrina hope that like okay I'm not just this isn't all just kind of like made up there is still some reality for my world here. Well, and uh, to that point, we get this next scene which we mentioned earlier, uh, where they do some lines. It turns out to be from the pilot of Chilling Adventures. Then they're watching Chilling Adventures, and she's like, "Whoa, people are uh, watching us. What's going on here?" Which is a good reminder that all these things this this is the cosmic even though they're dealing with the endless and the cosmic is just sort of a mirror in a certain way for what is going on in the real world of Greendale. So anything that show, it doesn't exist on its own. It's not its own thing. It's only a reflection of everything that's happening in the real Greendale. So maybe that's why we get the pictures. That's why we're able to see chilling adventures, all of these other things. Uh, but then we finally do get to see Sabrina go to the green room. Ambrose is there. He's cutting up bodies. He reveals uh, exactly what we all thought that Salem is the endless Ambrose was sentenced to the green room. Uh, and uh, yeah, gross scene. Uh, another crazy Ambrose exposition dump as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's really cornered the market on saying what's happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Salem got Sabrina a new mirror, but has taken her magic mirror so she can't escape. Uh, she doesn't like this talk of Salem anymore. Uh, and then we get a bathroom scene. Prudence and Agatha are cheerleaders. Uh, we get the conversation about Roz going blind. Yes, Pete, what's up? I just feel like this could have been an opportunity to have Dorcas, you know, in this episode. You know, we're having this kind of like made up kind of sitcom thing. Why not put Dorcas in there? It felt like, you know, she could have definitely been a cheerleader. There was a, another opportunity for Dorcas to be a part of this. I just feel like they're they're they could have made the episode a little bit more enjoy- enjoyable. Aren't you just, didn't you get a full serving of Dorcas last time? Like, aren't you just ready? Like, oh, I'm so full of Dorcas. Uh, I'll eat some, Never I'll, enough. Eat, I'll eat anything else. Um, and also, I, mean, I, 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 I think Dorcas was rightly um, edited out because no. the endless. Oh. I think there's an entirely different Eldrick Terror right now who is sentencing her to a life of working on Fate the Wink Saga, which is uh, <laughs> almost on Netflix. Nice. Yeah. Now that's the endless right there. <laughs> uh, so uh, the real aunties uh, turned out to work on the set as stand-ins uh, for the fake aunties. Uh, that's a very confusing way to describe it, but hopefully you all know what I mean. Uh, the craft services is all tuna and sardines and crackers. So they stick, stick to, to the, the chips. Stick to the chips. Always. No, thanks. I'm not going to eat tuna in the middle of a work day. <laughs> tuna. I just don't know. My wife eats tuna right out of the little packet, not the can. Ah, I'm okay. married to a cat. Uh, <laughs> ah, that makes you know, sense. She, eats, she could buys the packets where you just open them and eat it out with a fork. I think it is... Truly, I'm I'm worried I'm entrapped in some sort of endless dimension. <laughs> uh, I love the detail that we find out next that the standards sleep under everybody else's beds. This was oh so fun God. and also seemed to be only about that. 
Yeah, that was just it was a great bit. Uh, I just seeing, hearing the auntie sleep under the bed, Sabrina stand in sleeping under her bed. Yeah, uh, really fun. It definitely made me wonder again, even though they kind of excused it with the earlier line, whether they tried to get Melissa Joan Hart. And she yeah. couldn't do it or couldn't, wouldn't show up or something like that, because that would have been a perfect opportunity for her to just be under the bed at that point. Oh, I think that they, would have been hilarious. Yeah. And, you know, probably Dorcas would have been better in Elspeth. But I think the, the fact that, like, when they found out, like, oh, the aunties sleep under the bed and then Sabrina was at her bed, they did a great job of, like, having her sit there for a beat. To be like, wait a second, I should check under my bed. I thought that was such well-timed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, really well done. Super fun bit. Uh, then, as we mentioned, we meet Caliban, what he's been up to. He is working on the set as part of the crew. Um, Morningstar explains that they were married and happy. He takes off his shirt for her. Uh, very nice. <laughs> Just cla- yeah, that's well, his main characteristic. Uh, and it turns out Caliban is building the void for their series finale that's going to happen tomorrow, uh, which sends Sabrina into overdrive at this point, uh, wakes up Harvey, Nick Scratch is watching, and we get our first real sense of Nick Scratch here, who actually is a bad boy in this episode. Yes. Yeah, that's the thing. It was returned to the bad boy status in this app. I had mentioned, like, oh, man, he doesn't seem like a bad boy anymore. Oh, I should have just kept my mouth shut. Exactly, because he's not a bad boy. He's a bad boy. Yeah. Um, I I did really like the fact of like Calvin talking about like oh man I had to endlessly take my shirt off it was rough and then took his shirt off that was hysterical and then when Sabrina went and woke Harvey up he didn't have his shirt on I was like oh they're having fun with this yeah they're having they're a just lot of just a bunch of boys taking off their shirts and having fun right Pete yep sure very fun <laughs> they all have big old clay balls just sitting in a box somewhere. <laughs> I did like how Sabrina said love is love. That was nice. Uh, so they go, they take tomorrow's script from Miss Wardwell, and they discover that bad things are about to happen. They're confirming the information from Caliban. So Sabrina gathers everybody around, gives them the download on everything that's about to happen, that the void is coming, that they got to stop it. Uh, and another fun winky line from the original aunties where they explain, oh, these big events always happen. There's always earthquakes. We go to Hawaii. Somebody gets married. It's all back to normal right after that. Um, just a fun winky sitcom thing. Uh, also, origi- what yeah. you could say about comics as well. Like, there's these life-changing oh, wow. events, and it just resets. So I like that as well. And life. life, man. Yeah. Wow. See? <laughs> Look, we just had a fun moment. A fun, like, season-ending moment right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we just collided. October birthday buddies. You yeah, know? that's right. Aww. Now that we know that about each other. <laughs> <laughs> So the original aunties tell everybody to stop, to just kind of leave it alone because uh, it's no big deal. Uh, meanwhile, the real aunties tell Sabrina to meet them over in the office. Uh, and they realize at that point there are no more days left. Everything is yes. coming to an end. Uh, Harvey is gone. Nick is now a stand-in. He says, no, I'm the real Harvey. Harvey got oh, sent to the green room. Uh, Sabrina confronts everybody about the void. Uh, and wants to talk to the head writer and discovers, of course, that Salem is the head writer. Another fun visual. Yeah, very fun. And I got to bet that's uh, the room she walks through. Those are the yeah. actual writers for the show is my my the, A cat actually runs Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the writers are all there just endlessly typing out pages. Uh, tragic. Another cat-dominated yeah. show. If you put a million cats on a million typewriters, you would never get 
a perfect episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, so true. That can't be true. No, that can't be true. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Salem is also pretty easily convinced uh, that the void is worse than anything else. Uh, she has a fun line in the middle there where she uh, explains her situation and says it's in classic Sabrina fashion. Yeah. Uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, th- um, this show is meta, this, especially this season, has gotten pretty meta. But this episode is meta for not just itself, but all of television and all of, like, just the phenomenon of the Sabrina character throughout history. Uh, also, the whole like page twenty nine was really kind of uh, fun to just kind of hold up. Like, what happens after page twenty nine? Right, and that's the thing that convinces Salem because he thinks he's working in tandem with the Void, but realizes that if the Void does come, if the Void does consume everything, then there's going to be no more endless as well. So, decides to team up with Sabrina. Um, we're back in the scene. Sabrina talks to the old aunties, uh, and we start to discover that the people who work on set have been corrupted by the void. Salem and Sabrina try to escape. Uh, she goes to the greed room. Nick is there. Salem is rewriting the script on the fly. That he was slips fun. out a banana peel. Oh, Very the old good. banana peel move. Classic. Uh, and the void starts consuming everything just as Sabrina and Salem jump through the mirror in the prop area at the last second. And that's how we set up the last ever episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I also like the to be continued. That was pretty cool because she talked about like there's no next time. There's Mm -hmm. no, you know, so that was like a fun little thing. But the the stunts that were happening, like as she's running, like people like flying out of the the scene was really cool. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, It sort of had, you remember the... um... Adult Swim sketch, Too Many Cooks. It sort of had that vibe a little bit where we get to see the episode break down as it's mm-hmm. as we're living inside of it. So that was cool. I did think it was interesting that Salem makes it through the mirror gate. So we're mm-hmm. going to have Talking Cat Salem in our Two finale. Salems. Yeah. Two Salems, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is interesting. That certainly changes the dynamic of power going into this finale now that we know that the void is really the final enemy. I don't know what that necessarily means for the cosmic as well, because the cosmic, unless that is consumed by the void, I guess. I don't know. But I'm well, confused. If, we'll find out. Because <laughs> I, yeah. I was wondering, as she jumps through with Salem, like if Salem jumped through to help her, and like in this world Salem talks, but in the real world doesn't, or if we were going to have like two Salems, then I was like, well, we can't have two Salems because then the cosmos will start colliding again. I mean, we already have Miss Wardwell and Lilith. We have two Sabrinas. Two Salems is no big deal. Uh, I'm curious if the Salem will take on a different form as uh, mm. as it crosses the dimension, since it is uh, a horrifying elder Taylor, elder Taylor, uh, terror. <laughs> so it's yeah. like to be a little talking cat feels a little weird. I also thought it was interesting in the previous season they establish where all of the elder terrors are. Um, Mm -hmm. And we don't ever see them here. So as we've speculated, it feels like they're going to use, they're going to harness all of their trapped terrors and perhaps use them against the void in the last episode. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, they've definitely done a really good job of that in past seasons of in surprising ways, bringing everything together. So that should be cool. I don't know how it all comes together, but it should be neat for the second to last time, which, which, Reign supreme in this episode, Pete. 
Well, I just wanted to say, like, you know, it, you know, a lot of times, like, there's this talk of like actors work for nothing, but like the, I, it was believable that actors would work for milk and tuna. I wanted to kind of mm-hmm. point that out, like, you know, mm-hmm. the residual struggling act, actors out there, you know, doing doing a lot of stuff. I mean. Uh, you know, you wouldn't know anything because you're classically no. trained, so you're an upper echelon of actor. But you know, the residuals on milk are crazy. Like I'm getting yeah. paid in tiny morsels <laughs> of cheese for the rest of my life. Really smart. It's a smart way to do it. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like it was really fun to see the combined cast all kind of working together. Um, but as far as like characters kind of playing different versions of themselves, I really enjoyed Ambrose. Like it was such a relief and mm. great moment to see Ambrose. And, uh, he was kind of manic, but it was, it was, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm going to say Ambrose. Justin, what about you? I got to give it up for the original aunties, uh, from the sitcom coming back um and doing uh having sort of a dramatic turn it wasn't just the joke of this they had to play uh play the sitcom versions of themselves and then sort of versions of those characters that are a little bit tense that are a little mm-hmm. bit like there's something scary underneath them and they play that really well and i i haven't seen these actors um very much since the original uh, show that um, old man Pete told me about. Um, so I, I don't know what they've been up to, but it was really impressive to see that they could really deliver in this episode. Oh, man. Oh, go go ahead. Selma. Oh, I was just going to say uh, my pick is talking Salem. Yeah. Salem, thank come you. on. I, my gift to Justin on his October 15th birthday was I wasn't picking talking Salem, but then he didn't take it. So I think I you're perhaps little... forgetting Pete that I don't like talking Salem. <laughs> he doesn't at all. He hates <laughs> oh, it. That's really... I did forget about that. Was that was what I was mentioning. <laughs> I was intimating that earlier on. But I love talking Salem. I've been waiting for this. It's the first yeah. episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Me too. As much as I like the Salem in the show, he's not sassy enough. We finally get sassy Salem, <laughs> and that's great. Uh, it made me so happy, again, for, uh, two episodes from the end. I think the Salem in, our, in this show is plenty sassy. A lot of fun little uh, tail twirls, really showing that, showing that <laughs> cat's... Showing that cat's butthole mm-hmm. right when you like are like, Woo. Yeah. Sassy. Yeah, there's nothing sassier than showing off a butthole, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Just, what, just, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> hey, I've done a fair amount of burlesque, uh, so I know <laughs> about when to show a butthole. So we have one episode left of this, so stay tuned for that. If you'd like to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out, chat with us about chilling adventures of Sabrina. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Riverdale After on Twitter, Riverdale Dark on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more until next time keep that milk and tuna coming buddies MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then... 
Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 